Merry Christmas, Snow Jobs Nation. Episode 47 of the Snow Jobs Podcast, powered by Top Gun Backblades, is off and running. As always, I'm Steve. I'm talking to the juice box guy. That's right, and you know who's with me. He's here every week. My main man, the Rick James of snow management. I'm one of the baddest motherfuckers of all time. <laughs> one of the best singers and one of the best looking motherfuckers you've ever seen. Hold my drink, bitch. Jeremy Lindstrom. What's up, buddy? I'm just trying to shake this cold I got. I know, me too. Christmas I'd say you cold. got it from me, but we haven't seen each other since uh, I got sick. I'm still three weeks. Yeah, I don't know. It's getting better. Getting better. Well, you're What's... spending too much time plowing snow. You got to recover, right? No, I'm not doing that at all. So... No snow. You can hear it in his voice, ladies and gentlemen. He is not happy. <laughs> no, not really. But no, no. Nobody cares if I'm happy, now. so who cares? Oh, here we go. There's a snow drought in Fargo. It's uh, it's not going well. How many inches so far? 4.5 or 4.6. Or How many inches this time last year? Oh, 500. <laughs> there was a lot of snow this time we were, last year. We were out about every day last year in December. So You were. You were. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, guys, today it is Christmas Day, and we wanted to wish all the Snow Jobs Nation and their families a very Merry Christmas and a happy and healthy holiday season. Hopefully Santa brings us all some freaking snow because this is getting ridiculous now. Oh, what are we doing today? So for today's show, guys, since it is dropping on Christmas Day, Jeremy and I decided instead of doing our usual company-based episode, we were just going to have some fun, keep it light, kick a conversation around with a few guys who have no problem having conversations and telling you exactly what's what. So today we have Robert Thing from RD Outdoor in Maine and from the Anthony Group. We actually have most of the Anthony Group. <laughs> we have... <laughs> We have Anthony Mann Jr., Frank Salvatoriello, and Anthony's son, Anthony David. All right, so we have a few questions written down and uh, also a few holiday-based topics to talk about with these guys, and we'll see where it leads us. The reins are off the sleigh on this one, so we're just going to pull the pin and see where it goes, right, Jay? Wow. Off the sleigh, you're really going Come Christmas. Come on, it's Christmas. You? you know, it's Christmas. Are you not a Christmas guy? I'm I love Christmas. Christmas. Guy. I love oh, all right. Christmas. Yeah, I'm a Christmas guy, so yeah. this is... Uh, this is going to be fun. So before we get to the boys, though, let's hear from Team Top Gun, and we're going to do our weekend review back in 30. You should be proud of what you've built. You're a fantastic small business owner. You've become a relentless problem solver. You meticulously planned out your winter routes and estimated service times. You certainly know where all the manhole covers are. But for the first time in a long time, you've got a new dilemma on your hands. Do I go home early, or do I take on more sites and get that money? It's hard to say no to that extra fat paycheck. Since you added the new Top Gun backblade to your fleet, you're completing your whole route in nearly half the time. It's a good problem to have, but it's still a problem. What do I do? Longer coffee breaks? Call my mom? Quick snooze? Suddenly I've got options. Find us on Instagram at Top Gun Backblades or Google us. Welcome to Team Top Gun. All right, we're back. Jeremy's back in full pimp regalia right now. He's got the oh, blue yeah. pimp coat on. Hell yeah. Oh, geez, that thing is awesome. Does it shed? It sheds like a horse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I had it on that one night we were plowing. I was headed in my mouth all fucking night long. It's and terrible. it's hot as hell, right? Oh, it looks it's like it's warm. It's <laughs> oh, man. I got I to gotta sport. I got to wear it for the boys. So That's right. Prairie Landscape sent you that, right? Oh, yeah. Good old Josh. That's it. Yep. All right, gang. So last week we had Austin Hurst of Latitude 41 Lawns out of Ankeny, Iowa with us. 
We had a great time talking to Austin, hearing all about Latitude 41. And as always, you know, we want to thank those guys again because they were some of the original, you know, OG supporters of this show and really helped it take off. What else did we do last week, Jeremy? Uh, We announced that we were going to be doing an episode with Josh Gomez of East Coast Facilities right after the new year. And you guys out there all seem to be pretty stoked about that to hear East Coast's story and uh, whatever else Josh wants to talk about. Never heard Uh, of him. You never heard of him? (laughs) Uh, I know Jeremy, uh, you know, I know him and I cannot wait to do that one. That is going to be be an interesting, interesting conversation, I would think. Oh, yeah. You know, it's going somewhere. Absolutely. I mean, just, I mean, the basics. We talk about scaling all the time on the show, and, uh, you know, Josh and ECF, they've got to be example number one when it comes to scaling. I, that's, yeah, what, they're seven, seven years old? Seven years old, he said, yeah. Seven yeah. years old. They've what scaled they, a little bit. I they've mean, done a little, yeah, a little I tiny mean, bit of scaling in seven yeah, years. So, not uh, bad. They're, they're just massive now, and that's impressive as hell to do that in 20 years, let alone seven years. So we're all looking forward yeah. to that one. And, guys, as always, if you got any questions you want to hear Josh answer on the show, you know, either enter them in on our Instagram stories that we're putting up about the show leading up to it or email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. All right, Jeremy, we got anything else last week that we did? I can't even remember. Pretty. No, I, don't, I haven't done anything this week. Yeah, nothing Pretty really slow. going on, right? Yeah, been a slow week. All right. Well, no snow. We we did get three point six inches of rain. So well, you've been that salting. Was nice. You've been salting. We've been salting because of the rain because it's been below freezing every night. But that's uh, that's about it for the week in review. So uh, I guess we'll uh, let's get to Muskox and Hilltip. We'll hear from them and then we'll bring the boys in and let her rip. All right, guys, back in sixty. You should be proud of what you've built. Hey guys, Steve You're a here. fantastic small. We're always looking owner. for ways to save on labor and increase safety for our people. Last year, I purchased a game-changing snowblower from my company that does just that. It's called the Muskox. Its patented back drag feature and design lets us get right up to our HOA garage doors and tight spots, clean them all right down to the pavement without scratching. This beast can also scrape hard pack going forward if you needed to. It's truly a dual threat blower. Give Muskox a call. Their staff are extremely knowledgeable and have been amazing with us. Muskox, snowblowers that backdrag. Hilltip's patented line of ice striker spreaders and spray striker sprayers are revolutionizing the winter services industry. Equipped with our H-Track system, contractors can see exactly how much material is being applied anywhere on a customer's property. Work sites can be geofenced and assigned to a controller so that the correct amount of material is always applied. A two-way GPRS communication channel allows for remote adjustment of a machine's settings from any device anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit www.hilltipna.com. All right, guys, we are back. So without further ado, let's just welcome all the boys. Let's welcome back Robert and the Anthony Group gang to the show. Guys, how are we? Merry Christmas. Hey, everybody. We are wonderful. Still waiting for snow. (laughs) I think that's everybody. Anthony, you guys have seen some snow, right? A little bit? Uh, we got one oh, four or five-incher. We got one dusting and two dusting so far. So a little bit of salt and a lot of rain. You got a push, though, right? A little bit. All right. So you're doing better than I am. You were, you were making brine the other day, weren't you? Yeah, we were making some brine. Not, I mean, the not old, on purpose. The old-fashioned but... way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, one of our salt uh, salt storage units um, 
got flooded out uh, with all that rain. We had about five, six inches of rain in a uh, 24 hour period. And I drove by and I called Frank and I was like, uh oh, we got trouble. And he went over and about half of it was half of it was gone. We saved about another quarter of it and we left a little bit there. We were actually going to take the pusher and start trying to push the water away yeah. from it, get it down because the culvert's all plugged up. Oh, you know, the water just couldn't drain. You, you had lemons. You should have made some lemonade. You should have gotten like a hydrometer tube and stuck it in the water, <laughs> taking a picture. It said 23.3. We're right on. <laughs> yeah. that water flowing through your salt pile. Oh, oh yeah. man. The next day was a sheet of ice, though. So I don't know how much. You know, I think there was a lot more water to make it that 23.3 than we oh, needed. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. uh, you sent those pictures. That was tremendous amounts of water. Oh, my gosh. That was a lot of rain oh. out there you guys got. Holy we shit. We got crushed. Boy, yeah. I think it was like something like eight inches in an eight-day period. Because yeah, we had two, 2.8 or 2.9 like eight days before the previous Sunday, and then we got blasted again. So it was it was a lot of it was a lot of rain. Yeah, Robert, did you get crushed up there? The... Yeah, I I think we got around like five inches or so, kind of give or take different cities towns. Where's all the washout that I keep seeing up there? Isn't that Maine, where all the rivers are running through the towns and overflowing everything, or is that New Hampshire? No, yeah, it's New Hampshire. It it's more upstate, uh, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine, really. Yeah, that's all the big mountains and all the and all the runoffs. Yep, some very wild videos coming out. It, it's just uh, it sucks. But I mean, the one good thing about the rain is we all got a little uh, got a couple salt runs in, right? Frank, you were salting, right? Yeah, we salted about three times. Yeah, because every night's been below freezing since it rained, right? Right, every night. Freaking sucks. We've been doing the same thing. Every night we've had to salt like between three and five properties because of the runoff coming off the hills. And one property was actually coming up through the blacktop. Don't know how, but coming up through the blacktop. No, no other way possible it could have gotten there. We had a camera on it, and there's no runoff coming down the hill. It's just sitting there, and it's just growing. The puddle just keeps growing. Yeah, we don't have any runoff of our mountains or water or hills around here, so. Your hills are man-made. Yeah, you just exactly. push up a pile of dirt. That doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> they used to have snow mountains. I don't, what happened to Mount Fargo? Yeah, yeah she gone. She gone. She I don't gone. Think will, I don't think Is there anything in Mount Fargo right now? No, no, nothing. We have probably the biggest snow dump in town right now. So, we well, nobody else is hauled. No, just us. nobody else is hauled. Just you guys. Yeah. You guys got it dialed. It's great. All right. So, uh, guys, let's start off. Let's just talk about, like, what you can remember. Everybody's been plowing for a while. You know, Christmas plowing events. You know, any any events on Christmas that you remember that were memorable, like big storms or anything where you had to get out and, and get it done on Christmas? Anybody got any? Oh, yeah. We've we've had a ton here. Um, yeah, you get, you're, like, basically the North Pole. So, yeah, you... Wait, we, we've missed... I've missed plenty of Christmases. I, mean, I was just looking through my pictures... Uh, last two years we've been out on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and then before that we missed a year. And then yeah, we've been all we've had we've had some doozies over. I don't know, probably about ten, twelve years ago we had a twenty-inch storm plus on Christmas. That was a, really that was a good one. Yeah, that was that would be yeah, a we've good had, one. We've had some massive ones. Or I mean, we work a lot of Christmases here. Is what I'm trying. Would to you? Say. I was just going to ask that, Jay. Would you say that you guys? more often than not have snow on christmas that you have to plow seems like it yeah 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 either christmas right. eve or christmas day but yeah I mean, 
seems like we're always working. Very cool. What about you, Anthony? Uh, it's been a few years. Um, you know, we might have a little snow on the ground left over to make it a white Christmas, but it's got to be 10 years since we pushed on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. And that one year, I don't remember what year it was, but I mean, I remember New York City got hammered with like 24 inches. Um, we didn't get that much on that storm. That was more nor'easter that stayed off, you know, closer to the coast. So I think we might have had 12, uh, but it's been a while. Really? Yeah. My yeah. guys love it, though. They 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 want Small it on Christmas. Christmas. They know they're getting double time. Double time. Oh, yep. geez. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. That that's always an interesting interesting thing. Do they want the money or do they want to be home with the families? It seems like like sometimes when they got the little kids, you can throw you can offer to throw any kind of money at them, and they just uh, I think they want to keep the misses happy and uh, and be home there. But yes. uh, I don't know. Did we lose Robert? Oh, Is he frozen? I don't know. I, don't know. Yeah, I think Looks Robert's like frozen. <laughs> no, it's uh, we've we paid double time on Christmas too as well. I mean, you just kind of have to do that for the guys. Get them the give them a little carrot to come in, get away from their family. So yeah. Valentine's Day is when I can't get anybody to come in. That is they all know they're get, they all know they're getting lucky. Valentine's <laughs> Day? See, yeah, they all yeah. know they're getting lucky, so they don't want to come in. They don't care about the money. Yeah, that that's another. <laughs> That's another tough one too. I'm seeing like I've had trouble getting guys in for Valentine's Day. No shit. Yeah. Oh, that would that yeah. would not uh, that would not be a problem for my guys. That would just huh. be another day. Really, Valentine's Day? I would have never guessed that. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Anthony's got it. Himself. He's got her pretty dialed in there. I think. So. <laughs> New Year's was. We've had a couple of New Year's. Same. Um, you know, that's. Uh, I remember a couple of those. Um, yeah. You know, we, we listen, two years ago, we were, were we? I'm pretty sure two years ago we were pushing on New Year's. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Uh, we yeah. had uh, we had like God, it's got to be got to be at least ten years ago now. But we had Christmas night. We had um, God, I want to say twenty eight or thirty inches, like yeah. right, right on. Like it was probably started about eight o'clock, nine o'clock on Christmas night. And it went right through. It snowed for 24 hours straight. And we, we had like between, I think, 26 to 30 inches somewhere. And that was impressive because we had the wind with it. It was like, you know, it wasn't Fishkill at that point. It was Fargo. You know, we had wind and ridiculous amounts of snow. Uh, I remember I was still uh, a volunteer fireman at that time, uh, you know, doing double duty there. And uh, they had a house fire go out. We couldn't even see this house. But like you had to get snow plows to get the you know you had to get the town plows just to get the fire trucks down the cul-de-sac for the block. And once you got there, you couldn't. The wind was howling so bad and blowing snow so bad you couldn't see the house that was literally in flames until you were on the front porch. Like it, it was in, it was an incredible storm. It really was. But we nice. got it done. We got it done. You got it out, or you let it burn. No, there was no help in that. And do you remember that big storm that we had in March when Mammy's house burnt down and there was yep. about two foot of snow? We were staying there because there was no power and we just got done plowing. We came home and uh, we all went to bed. I had, my whole family was there and uh, her mother and uh, our dog. She had four cats and uh, everybody went to bed and I heard a crinkling and I thought it was sleet hitting the roof. And... I happened just to look out, out the window, and I saw a glow. I ran outside, 
and the whole top of the house, the whole chimney roof line was engulfed in flames. Oh, and and I remember, you know, it was they had a hard time getting in with all the snow. Yeah, it's it's not easy. Definitely, when, when the snow complicates an already complicated job, that is uh, that is definitely not a lot of fun, especially when it's big time snow. You know, a couple inches, no big deal. But once you get in the feet, and you're in a municipality where maybe they're not keeping up with it, it's uh, it's definitely a, a, a tough time. But uh, but that that's not very Christmassy. I'm sorry, I got into the uh, the house yeah. fire. Thing yeah, what there. the hell? <laughs> Debbie Downer. I gotta uh, say I know, one right? thing about that storm was I've never seen like throughout that storm we it was so bad. I remember like power lines were down everywhere. Nobody was able to get anywhere. The way the community came together and worked with each other, like everybody was plowing each other's things for free, just trying to help each, everyone get out and get what they need. And like we were out, I think we had to go to Jersey. We were uh, we had to go to Jersey and just seeing the way like as we were going, we passed and helped like six or seven people cut up some trees around the road, push stuff aside. I'll just remember like it was like, wow, look at the community coming together against such a crazy storm. It's like we all got each other's backs. Yeah, that, that that definitely is awesome when that happens. It it seems like it seems like it happens less and less now though. Yeah, everybody's all for themselves. Yeah, it really does. But that's that's awesome when it happens. Um, yeah, with those, oh those, boy. Those, I mean, those holidays. I mean, obviously we're talking Christmas. Those Christmas storms are they're always something. I mean, it'll ruin some people's holidays, and some people don't care, so they'll they'll work no matter what. So yeah, the people traveling, it's always tough on. When you get yeah. snow around the holidays, but the people that are in are usually with their family already. They, it usually doesn't affect them one way or another. Right. But, uh, this is my first year traveling during Christmas. You know, yeah, you, get, you got to get back. Yeah, there. I don't like seeing the palm trees behind you. That's not. Uh, that's not very <laughs> cool. I think. Yeah. We're, what are we? You know, Frank, you and Aunt are uh, are in the Northeast here too. What What is it? Twenty something right now? Yeah, twenty three mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, it's it's pretty chilly right now. Of course, the skies are blue, so uh, no chance of anything happening. But that's that's like thirty five here in Fargo, and but it's foggy as shit. I mean, Rudolph's gonna have to come out tonight for this baby. She's she's foggy all day. <laughs> it's seventy six down here in Miami. Jesus. Oh man, a little lucky overcast though. No sun today. Lucky you. Uh, uh, <laughs> you gonna make her? Uh, What's that? I said, is Anthony going to make it with that cold temp down there in Miami? Uh, Let me tell you what. It's weird seeing Christmas lights on palm trees, bro. Like, you know, the (laughs) holiday doesn't feel like Christmas down here. Um, So I do miss it. I do miss it back home. But this is the first time being away for the holidays. And uh, it is uh, it's definitely different. Jeez. Yeah, I couldn't do I could not do that. I need cold for Christmas. I could not be anywhere south or or in arizona where my wife is from that that just does not feel like christmas that just feels like july i could not get into the uh into the right mood out there but somebody with their four-day forecast they sent me out told me i could come for four days because we weren't going to get any snow (laughs) yeah Uh, we're not either maybe i should join you so we might get something now we might get a little something now tomorrow night that we gotta keep an eye on they're saying we might be getting something here but it looks more like rain, if you can believe that. December. Really? Yeah. Yeah, rain Ooh. on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Next week, we've got 54 degrees and rain for three days. Jeez. I don't want to hear that. 
I don't want to hear that. Oh man, that's is anybody getting snow this year? Was it Alaska about the only place I've Alaska's seen getting, getting crushed so far? Anchorage. I think uh, Fairbanks or Anchorage, they put up a thing the other day where this time last year they had 50 inches, which is still great, and now they're at like 78 or 79 inches. Yeah, yeah, they're getting too. pretty pretty steady. Getting I crazy. haven't even heard anything about lake effect snow this year. Not Just much. I mean, small, small, you know, but no, yeah. nothing crazy yet. Not Corey too much. Got, There's Corey definitely got something a the other day. Drop. Who did? Corey Lampier got something the other day. Um, he did, yeah. Corey got a push. Uh, yeah. I don't know how much they actually got. I wasn't paying attention to it. Yeah, he said it was lake effect, but I don't know what it was. It wasn't probably a lot, but still got to go out. So, Gotcha. Yeah, I think Robert is DOA on this one. He's having a computer problem. Oh, well, yeah. he might come back. I don't know. He keeps saying there's a problem with his computer. But uh, we'll keep going. Uh, so back to the Christmas plowing events there. Do you you find that it's super hard to get guys in, Frank? You know, when you're like Anthony's vacationing down in uh, Boca <laughs> and uh, and it's the show is uh, is you to get these guys mo mo uh, mobilized and motivated. Do you find yeah. it's a uh, it's tough? I mean, most of our guys are pretty good. And I mean, they definitely want the hours and the money. Um I think most of them would just be worried about, you know, waking up with their kids and stuff on Christmas. Yep. Um, I mean, at night, I don't really see. No, at night's pretty easy. The only thing we have going for us with Christmas storms is generally if we were all doing commercial, most of that stuff, if you're not doing HOAs, most of the commercials can wait. They're all closed, right? Right, Right, and that's what we do. I mean, we we usually go in, you know, after 10 or after 11 once everybody's kids start going to bed. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's definitely something like us. We have the HOAs, so that's not really an option. We have to at least get a crew out there. We do a lot of the uh, the zero tolerance loan emergency service facilities and stuff that have to constantly get done. So we don't have it that easy. But uh, yeah, that that does buy you some time with the commercials you do have, though. So that that's cool. Definitely. Um, yeah, we definitely that's what we've been doing all week. You know, making calls, see who's open and stuff like that for yeah. all of our commercials. And obviously, we got the hospital and stuff like that. So you got to be there. A lot of the stuff will, will be closed, but, you know, it's got to do the churches and the hospitals for the main part, you know, that are going to be open. So, Do you guys do that with, like, do you do that with every storm? Will you call customers? Like, we have a lot of doctor's offices and stuff, and if their patients can't get in because of an impending storm, if they have a lot of cancellations because of the storm, they'll just close up, and they won't, they won't open the facility at all. Do you guys ever ever do that? Like, we, we'll do that before a storm. Like, hey, are you planning on being open in this? We're getting 10 inches tomorrow. Are you canceling the day, or are you going to be open? You guys compile a list like that at all? We're pretty fortunate. Our clients reach out to us and say, hey, we're going to be closing this morning at 10 a.m., oh, or perfect. we're not opening. Um, perfect. So we, it's, it's nice. You know, a lot of guys have to go out to their customers. Our customers are very proactive, and they let us know what they're doing. I mean, we have a few that we got to call, but – most of them, they'll let us know. And they'll give us a heads up a couple hours ahead of time. Um, so like a couple of our medical buildings that we do, we might have to keep them open, you know, for the first two inches, three inches at zero tolerance. And then we know we don't have to be back there and have that site cleaned and perfect until 6 a.m. the next day. So we can let it go and just let the snow fall and we concentrate on other stuff and then just go in there and clean it up real quick. That works. Yeah. We got the same that thing. Well, people will call us, but... For the most part, we'll we'll just keep rolling. Yeah. Once I, once I get my guys in, I'm not gonna get them. No, you don't let them go. Yep. No, you can't let them go. Otherwise, nope. they're not coming back. So. They're not no, coming. They're back. not coming back. No. So you got you got to keep the boys rolling. And keep that morale up somehow. 
So. Yeah. Uh, Anthony and Jeremy, like you guys, we, we said, you know, or earlier about compensation and stuff for holidays and stuff. You guys doing anything special other than, you know, uh, up in the salary a little bit uh, hourly uh, for your guys during uh, holiday storms? Or is that really it? Go ahead, Anthony. So if we're if we have another like, you know, we we try and stay busy besides the snow. Um, so if we have jobs going on and it snows, then we'll we'll go and shut those jobs down for a couple of days and let them relax after it. Um, gotcha. Instead of going and shoveling them off and going back to work, we might take two days uh, during the holiday season. And, you know, we, we had talked about taking the week off, but a lot of the guys, you know, between the holidays here, but the guys, they they want to work. So, you know, I gave everybody the option. Uh, we had a little Christmas party yesterday. And I told everybody, I said, listen, you guys are, if you want to work Friday, that's your, you can come in and work if you want the hours. If you want to be home with your family, it's not stone. We don't have to be out. Stay home. Same as Tuesday. It's their, it's their choice. And I think a lot of them respect that, that they can have that option. And, you know, hey, you know what? We are, I'm going to stay home with the family. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Or, you know what? Now, I got nothing going on. You know, the in-laws are in. I don't want to be around them. So I'll come in and uh, I'll work. Yeah. Yeah. No, that works. Yeah, that, that definitely works. I'm sure they appreciate that. You know, the, the one thing that, that I make sure if we are getting something on the radar around a holiday, what I'll make sure I do is I will actually go shopping days before and get, you know, packages of burgers, hot dogs, whatever, because I know nothing is going to be open, you know, on the holiday if it hits. So I got to keep Smart. these guys fed. Because, you know, they're, if they're hungry, they're miserable. They're not staying, you know, they're not going long term. So you got to have cold cuts or, you know, to make sandwiches and you got to have something to, to keep them fed. So, uh, I mean, we haven't we haven't had to worry about that in a while, but the, it, it's definitely in the playbook. If anything looks like it's coming in or around the holidays, make sure he got food on hand that you can, you know, have your wife make or, or somebody give him a couple hours. Hey, you know, just go make sandwiches, go cook hot dogs and hamburgers and let's get these guys fed because that's something we always forget about. You know, I think, uh, you know, we just we're con we're so concentrated on the snow and how we're going to, you know, manage the, uh, the the event. And like we kind of I know I do all the time where I'll forget the most simple things like we don't get this done without the guys. And if we can't get the guys their basic needs during the event, then, you know, we're going to lose them. They're going to be like, you know, screw this shit. I was starving. You know, I couldn't find anywhere to eat anything. I was eating chips from a gas station and stuff. So that, that is something that we definitely make sure we, uh, we have uh, on the checklist. If it's a, a, a holiday related storm. That's you know, amazing. We're going to have to take notes on that one and make sure that we uh, plan for that in the future. Definitely. Yeah, we don't. We don't have Guys are miserable here. enough. You make them hungry? Fuck. <laughs> North Dakota, if it's going to be a storm, it, everybody's going to the bars. The bars are going to be open. So, yeah. They, they, they all hear food. So, yeah. I mean, well, I'll, if we're out plowing, I'll pull all the guys in. We'll feed them all supper or whatever, at a, you know, wherever, whatever's open, the bar, wherever they can get a burger. And yeah, we bring everybody in there. I mean, it looks pretty cool with all of our loaders sitting there. Yeah, we used to have the old fallback in the Northeast. Like, I don't know, do you have diners out there, Jeremy? Do you have 24-hour diners? Oh, we got, like, Denny's and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, like, here, yeah. there's there's always, in the Northeast, there's always these, you know, diners that used to be 24 hours a day that were always open. And since COVID, yeah. in New York anyway, these diners are now closing at 11 o'clock or midnight because something happened with the liquor licenses during COVID or something. So if they're not allowed to sell beer 
they, they, they said there's really no point in being open overnight. So a lot of them, none of them in my town are open anymore past 11 or midnight. So that used to be our, our old fallback. Like, okay, call the diner, get, you know, 17 burger deluxes and, and that was it. But now since COVID that's, that's yeah. over. So there's nothing open when we get a, if we get a sizable storm, everybody's closed. Even the pizza guys are going home. If they can't make deliveries, they know nobody's coming in to get it. So it's over. We have the one Chinese restaurant by us that stays, you know, they'll, they'll only stay open until about 11, but they, they don't shut down. They can walk from their store to their house. So they stay open. Uh, so we've, we've gone in some late nights and got Chinese, you know, to feed people before we knew that, you know, the, they were going to be closing. Yeah. That, we got to, got to pay attention to a fallback, some kind of food restaurant or something that's going to be open. Uh, that the old mainstay, we don't have Denny's anymore. They're gone. Uh, Cracker Barrel closes, you know, at a normal time. They're not open all yeah, night. Everything, everything closes early now, ever since COVID. That fucked everything. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it, it really did. But, I mean, there's a few, I mean, even just on a regular night, a lot of places are closed at 8 or 9. I'm like, what the, f-? I mean, we're out doing whatever. It's tough to find Our, something to eat. Even our friggin' McDonald's, our fast food places, they they close yeah. the the restaurant at ten, and their their window will stay, the drive through will stay open till eleven. But that's it; nothing's twenty four anymore. Well, so that's guys, like, I've had my guys drive loaders. You fuck heard on the call. Yes, they'll drive through a drive through with the loader. They don't care. Yep, they'll let you drive anything through as long as you're on wheels. But it, you yeah. try and walk up in order, they give you a hard time. They won't let you yeah. do it. I was out doing one of my seventy five hard walks, and I walked up by uh, Dunkin' Donuts. And it was, they weren't open. You know, I couldn't go inside. I had to be outside. I wanted, it was like 6 o'clock in the morning. I wanted a cup of coffee. And uh, they uh, they wouldn't serve me because I was on my feet and not in a vehicle. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, they they have very, for, for some reason, they'll do anything, but they, they won't serve you if you're on foot. They don't want, your money's not green if you're on foot on the drive-thru. I don't know why. Now, Taco Bell, we were down in, uh, it was one of the trade shows we did. I think it was, I think it actually was equipped two years ago and we were setting up real late building one of the, um, the manufacturer's booths for him. And we got out of there at like 11, 12 and Taco Bell was open and we walked up and they were like, well, we're not supposed to, but you guys look really hungry and they fed us. So hats off to Taco Bell. There you go. Well, they, yeah, that's great that they fed you, but two hours later, you're losing half your crew for <laughs> yeah. about an hour. <laughs> uh, uh, Frank and Ant, you know, what do you guys want to eat? Because Anthony's going to have to keep stuff on hand. You want steak, lobster? What, what do you want on the menu here during holiday storms? Yeah, steak and lobster sounds good. Uh, that'll, great. that'll work. Yeah. That'll, that'll work then. There you go. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm looking at palm trees right now getting aggravated. All right? 20 <laughs> degrees here. Oh, man. So you guys have you, you guys have it pretty, you know, not easy, but you at least have work to do like now when we're in a snow drought. So is there anything else you guys are doing? To, can you keep your whole crew busy all winter long with no snow? Like do you have enough work and, and enough, you know, versatility to keep your guys going, all of them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they're working every day. That's awesome. Good for you guys. And what are you doing? Yeah. What kind of jobs are you actually doing during the winter if it's like too cold but not – you know, you're not getting any snow. I mean, even paper jobs. I mean, we're putting concrete blankets down. I mean, it's not the ground ain't freezing underneath. We can take them up and shove them off. We have to, if there's snow in the ground and start laying papers another day. Gotcha. Okay. And we use open graded base. So we don't use like the QP modified. Uh, we use clean, clean stone. And that actually acts as an insulation because of the void space. It's like a uh, triple pane windows. 
that yep. void space between it and we cover concrete blankets and then tarps and we keep our you lay guys off in the winter they don't come back the next they're year. not coming back yeah no they're and not coming you back. don't we need them for the snow so we you know we do everything we can and then we get those rain days i mean what do you have 12 guys 11 guys in the shop the other day working frank you you know he was just trying to keep everybody he couldn't do anything because he's just trying to tell people what to do to keep everybody moving sure they were painting pushers and replacing bearings greasing you know changing oils fuel filters and yeah I mean, we always we always end up finding something for them to do because like like anthony said we don't give them a day off you know yeah you, you'll never get and them back going back, back to what he said before where he gave everybody the option if they even wanted to work today and they want to work tuesday i mean everybody was in today nobody wanted the day off and just for uh like planning for the future I mean, I asked everybody what their thoughts were on Tuesday, if they wanted to come in or not, and everybody's coming in Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, these guys don't want to take days off. Here. Hardcore. Frank, Frank's hardcore. like, I want to stay home. <laughs> uh, it's funny yeah. you say hardcore. There's a new podcast coming out called oh, yeah. Hardcore Hardscapes. Really? Uh-huh. And and you're looking at two of the hosts right there. Wow. The young gun wow. and the bearded fella. Nice. <laughs> You guys are doing that yourself? Yeah. Yep. It's awesome. Good for you guys. When's it it kicking off? Yeah, I mean, we're trying to figure everything out right now and figure out how it all works and all that. I've been talking to a bunch of people. Um, I mean, we're trying to hope put something out in the new year. That's awesome. Good for you guys. That's great. It's a lot of fun. If you if you love uh, hardscaping, if you love the uh, the topic of what you're talking about, it's pretty easy after you get comfortable just being on mic and recording. You know, I, I thought we sucked for, you know, I, I know I was nervous and sucked probably the first two or three, and then it just got more comfortable and more comfortable. And, you know, and, and you're your own worst critic. So you will yeah. always think you sound a lot worse than you actually do to everybody else that's listening. So as long as you got good content, people are going to love it. So that's awesome. Good for you guys. If we can Thank help you in any you. way, let me know. But we are tech idiots we don't know much about this stuff i don't know shit about hardscapes either. <laughs> i guarantee i won't be on that show we can't help you with hardscaping we can barely help you with podcasting so we're uh, kind of two useless guys for that but yeah congratulations that's awesome that's a good name too yeah it is that's a really good name yeah, i'm staying out of it because i'm definitely not technical so no neither are we Neither are we. We're like I said. We're we're lucky. We're we're being able to do this right now. Like Robert had a problem. We lost Robert. I don't know how to get him back. So it's, uh, you know, it is what it I is. Got it out. Probably got. He might have. Yeah, the yeah. dam might have broke. Who knows? Yeah. He's probably gone. <laughs> I was Work looking forward. Snowing. Yeah, I was looking yeah. forward to asking him though how he's uh, how he's liking his uh, Ventrac SSV demo. Does I was I was really. He hasn't. Well, he's been playing around with it. You know, oh. it's something that runs and will actually solve. So, I mean, he's been playing around with it a little bit. So. Did That's he find a buyer for the extinct machine? No, I don't think you're going to be able to sell that. That's going to be in a museum somewhere or something. Maybe Frank wants it. No, I think Frank will take it. Yeah, we don't really have a use for that. Yet. <laughs> oh uh, man, we're fortunate. We have very, very few sidewalks. I forgot he's got those H U M A N S, right? Yes, the, the H U right? H U M A N S two thousands. I love that. That was a great line. Oh, it was absolutely awesome. Hey, you know, I'd so- rather employ guys and give you know back to our economy than than use you know a machine. Now, listen, we don't do a lot of them, so it's not proactive for us. But you know, 
I, I like the camaraderie of the guys. And then, you know, bringing these younger guys up, we have, uh, and, you know, he had one of his guys that were actually molding into uh, a foreman and he put him in the loader the other night for the first time, you know, in the middle of the night. And we're letting a, a 19, 18 year old kid learn how to run a, a metal plus now. That's you awesome. know? So it's the, the future we're trying to, you know, that's the one thing that Frank and Ant work on is the future. They're always talking about, it. they're always looking at it. Um, and, that was one of the things, okay, we got to get these younger guys uh, and teach them young so that they're in it for us. Because if you don't right. train, if you don't train these younger guys, there's not going to be guys to do this work. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Frank, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm uh, 33. Okay, so you're still a relatively young guy. I, I have a theory, and you can correct me if you think this is off base, but is it easier to train a young guy on a joystick they just seem like naturals with joystick. Maybe it's because of the video games or whatever, but they seem with the buttons and the joystick, they seem like they pick it up a lot quicker than if I threw a 45-year-old in that same machine. Right. I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, here, here's a funny story for us. We have a, a 58-year-old guy that works for us. Uh, last year, he had one of our skid steers got stuck in it. <laughs> Next storm, we swapped it out with a brand-new skid steer. He was in it for about two hours. Calls me, gets stuck in it. I don't know what he does, <laughs> um, but he's constantly stuck in all the machines. <laughs> you got to put a GoPro on that or something. Get some good footage. That'd be good. Oh, and then one of, my, one of the competition drives by and goes, you okay? And he goes, I got to get out of here. I'm stuck. I draw a line blue and he didn't know it. So he lost it. So he had the bucket up and he couldn't open the door of the skid steer. Oh, <laughs> so what, I mean, that guy, he's a friend of ours, but he's got, so he drives by and he's like, well, let me see if I can help you. He just takes off and leaves them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I think there's something to that. The, the younger guys, I think, have an advantage. They seem to pick it up a lot quicker than putting older guys in those machines. Definitely. Like, yeah. Funny you then, say that, honestly, because now that I think about it, me and all my friends, especially two of them that work here now, and like we were just talking about that one kid, his name's Riley. We grew up playing Farming Simulator. And you know what we were doing on Farming Simulator? We were plowing snow and it's first person. So like we were learning all this stuff for the past four years and now we're in a parking lot. It's like second nature to us, except for just getting used to being in that big machine or being in a skid steer and the different type of controls. But yeah. that's really funny you brought that up because I was having that conversation with that kid yesterday. I said, look, bro, it's just like you're on Farming Simulator. Like, just yep. take your time, and you got it. And I came back. I had to go somewhere else. I came back. He was killing it. And I'm like, he's never been, like, really – he's never used a metal plus before. He used a little 10-foot pusher box, and he's killing it. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to let him do his thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right, exactly. That's, That's what it. I do, and I get all these new guys every year. I just – I take them out here, throw them through all the controls. I say, I can tell you how to run this all day long, but you just need to get in here and get seat time. And they just go yeah. do their thing, and – that's you know, it's probably not the greatest, but it's always worked for me. And the guys are always, you know, I can sit there and watch them. I'm just think I'm gonna make them more nervous, so I'll just go inside the shop and let them fuck around the front lot out here. And you know, then they just go off on their own. They they do pretty good. And if they need correction. My guys will correct them out there. But well, what's the average age of your operators, Jay? Uh average age by twenty. Yeah, twenty. Oh, uh, a lot of young dudes. 20, yeah, they, 20, you ever look at his probably. pictures? When he takes the uh, the crew shots, he drives around to all the machines and takes shots of the guys operating them. Uh, more than not, they look like kids. They they you know oh, they yeah. look young. They're, all, they're majority are college kids, yeah. So. Yeah, and they're crushing it. They're yeah. doing a great job out there. So yeah. I I don't know. It's just something I've I've noticed over the last couple of years. Like with my son getting older, 
you know, he can operate pretty much anything I have, but now he's heavy enough to trigger the seat safety on the skid steers by himself. So knows, knows what the code is. It's not hard to, for him to figure out the code and he just takes off. But the funny thing is when I'm teaching people how to do it, showing them the buttons and stuff and they start with the controls and they're so herky jerky. And I got the hydraulics turned all the way down. I'm like, dude, my eight year old does not have a problem being smooth with this machine. So <laughs> what, what is the, what is the issue here? Why are you, you know, the thing looks like a bucking Bronco. I mean, at any given time, there's two tires completely off the ground because they're just, they're jerking it back and forth. But my son is easy. And I'm like, I think the younger guys have a leg up something about uh, you know, the younger generation with maybe the video games or something. I don't know. We taught Anthony old school. What was your first snow machine at? Oh, was it the 310D backhoe or was it the S250? No, no, before, before that. Oh, you had an international. Oh, yeah. That was like back in the day. A 1976 <laughs> International Cub Cadet. Mm-hmm. Nice. A snowblower and a plow on it. And he'd oh, be yeah. out there in his car hard. He did a couple of the neighbors. And, and then uh, we have a training lot that we use. Um, so I think he was 15 and I put 14, I think 14 mm-hmm. and we put him in one of our commercial lots in a S two fifty. Actually, no, you worked there with Danny the first year and he taught you in the three ten. Mm-hmm. And then the following year you were there by yourself and he was in a, an S two fifty and that's all he wanted to run. Oh, that's all I want to run that. I, I, I just, I love the S two fifty. I love the S two fifty. Well, give, give him a nice, a nice skid steer. So then last year he had a brand new Bobcat. T740. Yep. And he's like, oh, I don't want the metal push. Just give me the straight pusher. So we give him the straight pusher. Then he went to one of the other sites and he saw the metal plus work and he goes, All right, I want to try it. Now he doesn't want anything but a metal plus on the front. And I mean, he's going through those parking lots. Wings are flapping, going around uh, the obstacles and stuff. It's great. You know, to watch his progression from a, as a young kid on a little Cub Cadet tractor open cab uh, yeah. doing his own thing. I mean, now he's even got, you know, we do a lot of paver driveways. So the clients want us to maintain them. I don't do residential. So this kid will go out after he's done working for me. He went, got a four-wheeler, put a polyurethane cutting edge on it. So he'll work 20, 25, 30 hours. And then, you know, everybody's going home. He's just starting work for himself doing these driveways. And, you know, you you don't keep up with them. So now there's two foot of snow. 30 inches of snow and he's out there trying to push it with that four wheeler and, and I'll go help him out if it gets real bad or we get a snow, a couple guys with snowboards to help him out. But you know, he's learning on pavers, which are twice as slippery. Um, yeah. you know, but he, uh, he does good with it. I mean, I'm really proud of this young man. He's come, uh, Great. you know, but I, I started him humble beginnings with the old stuff. Now he's got brand new stuff. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That S two fifty was that pilot controls or was that hand and foot? Foot. Hand and foot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you're yeah. already better than I am. I cannot. The I am silver so bullets. uncoordinated. The Silver Bull still got the S250. He still got it in the fleet. I yeah. love that uh, machine. Yeah, he <laughs> loves that. A couple guys love that. That's all they'll drive for him. That's my all favorite right. machine. Anthony, tell me about your new loader and uh, Metal Plus. That you're okay. So uh, the 908, like, just like he was saying, like, how far I've come. And, again, I want to say thank you for the opportunities you've given me to be able to come so far. You know what I mean? You've earned them. You know, I try to keep everything nice. And that's just the way that 908 and the combo with that metal plus, with that live edge, with those mold boards move. Uh, Like before with that rubber edge on that, like um, on a 10 foot box 
I'd be leaving a little bit of ice and I would always get so frustrated. I had to go do it two or three times in the same spot because I just couldn't get it to come up one time with the metal plus and I'm done. That's it. Put salt mm-hmm. down and then call it a day. Get to go home. And then I go do my own stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, the live edge and the, the lot, whether you got a live edge or a sectional, the technology that's available to just get it clean in one pass is, I mean, anybody that's not using them, I feel like is just in a time warp. You know, they're, they're just missing the boat. It'll, it'll save you. Yes. It's a lot of upfront cost, but it'll save you so much money in the end on time, on salt. You know, I, I love them. I, th- I think you're absolutely right. It's nice being able to make one pass, no matter how uneven the parking lot is that you're doing. And it's still coming up clean. Does it's Frank crazy. Ever get to drive the 908? Sorry. What's that? Does Frank ever get to drive the 908 in Metal Plus? Or is that just <laughs> nope. No, not really. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm down a different part. Uh, I always yeah. call him if it's like, because he's more, uh, I'm more on the mountain. So I usually, because the elevation, I get a little more snow. I'm like, Frank, if you want, you can always just come up here a little bit. I'll let you run her around. But he's always busy. <laughs> Frank's in a truck. He's, a, he's the manager. So yeah. <laughs> he's always in a truck. Yeah, Frank, come up. I need six hydraulic lines. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. have we replaced the line on any of our metal pluses yet? No, no. not yet. Knock on wood. Mm-hmm. How long? Have the you only had? thing. Uh, you had some loose fittings. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they were only loose. Uh, the first one we got three years ago. Now, and I, I've always, you know, listen. I could go buy a rubber edge cutting, you know, pusher, a couple thousand bucks, and I'm like, I'm not going and spending. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 grand on these plows. Well, then we bought the first one and it was like, all right, this thing is the cat's ass. So then we got the bigger one and now it's like, okay, we got to start phasing this old shit out. And it it definitely, you know, over time, it's going to make the money back and more. Oh, yeah. Like you said, Steve, the technology is is just, I mean, I can't wait to see like when Anthony's my age, what kind of technology... Mm -hmm. You know, you might even have that mythical 80-footer by then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. definitely. By, by then, you'll be plowing from your house, so. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and you still won't be able to afford it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe throw an oh, Arctic in there, Anthony. Maybe throw an Arctic in there just to die. I think you guys press. should at least try an Arctic to see. It's a, well, it's if they a, want to send one over for us to test out, we'll give it a shot. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, I'm not a, you know, it's uh you're not paying gas, so. Yeah, and I, you know, I really, I don't even know if we have any dealers. I know Tom Kennedy, he's down in Jersey. He's a dealer for Arctic, but I don't know of any other dealers near me. There's um, one up by Albany. I know there's one up in Albany, New York. I don't know of, I don't know of anyone else, because if I needed something in a pinch and I couldn't get it from my other source, I would probably have to go to them. I don't know about anything close to the border there. I think we have seven in Fargo. Wow. Ridiculous. Well, how many Arctics are running around Fargo, though? Hundreds. Is anybody, everybody's using them, right? Or not just, yeah. is it just you or is everybody? No, everybody, everybody uses Arctics. I mean, yeah. there's a couple guys that use Metal Plus, but everything's pretty much, it's so an Arctic. Problem, that's so. why it's a dealer-rich environment, because there's yeah. so many opportunities to buy them. Yeah. And sell them. Oh, boy. You know, the one thing I did want to touch on, though, this, the rain that we just got, we spoke about it earlier, with the refreezing and stuff. On your seasonal contracts, do you guys have a clause in there that that's an add-on when you have to come for non-snow or frozen precipitated events that it's basically just a, at that point a drainage issue? 
with inclement no, but temperatures? it's gonna be. It's gonna be because we don't have that now because we we usually get snow. We usually don't yeah. get the rain in this time of year, so we never had to worry about it. But the last couple of years, Amen. we've been getting it. So I guess it's something we you know have to move forward and start doing. And I don't know if we'll get you know pushback on it or not. Um, but when you don't have any snow, you don't mind going out because at least your client sees that you're doing something for them. Sure, and you're not charging them. hundred percent. Yeah, you're, so you're if servicing. I gotta, well, if I got to go out and put a half a yard, a yard of salt down instead of 60 yards, you know, in a storm, uh, oh, I'll do that to keep my clients happy. And yeah. listen, you know, Frank usually does the midnight uh, salt or ice checks. He likes those hours. We're going out anyway. Um, so... If we got to put a little bit down, we got to put a little bit down. Yeah, so. I, I think there. I think it's a double-edged sword there, like you said. When you're not getting snow like this, then it, it's good to show your face, good to let people see that your stuff is on their site, you're being proactive, you're making sure it's safe. And, and that just, you know, that builds a good relationship going forward. You didn't have to be out there. A lot of guys wouldn't. You know, they'd wait till they were called. But being proactive, I think, goes a long way with customers. But at the same time, like I, I said – like you said, Anthony, we we've had this happen the last couple of years where we're getting cold rain in times where it was snow or something kind of frozen. But now we're getting a lot of rain in December for the last two seasons. And it's like we got to start thinking about putting something in there, a clause or something like, hey, if we get inches of rain and it's a clear drainage issue, there was no frozen precipitation or no snow that will salt the first night. We'll, we'll salt the first icing for, you know, as part of the contract, but we can't be coming out there seven nights in a row because it's yeah. still draining off the mountain. So there's got to be some kind of happy medium that you can work out with your customers there. Cause I know I have to do it. I said it last year. My, my number two reminded me of that this week when we were going out every night and every morning and I'm like, we gotta, we gotta put something in the contracts going forward. He's like, yeah, you said that last year. He goes, once <laughs> the season's over, you forget about it. And, Oh, it's not going to happen again. That was weird. That was just a one-off. Well, it's not a one-off anymore. It's happening yearly. Yeah. So, yeah, in the Northeast, we got to start thinking about putting something in there for that. But uh, I feel yeah. like the more laws they put in and the more engineering they do, the worse it is with the runoff. It is. Um, well, it, it is because they're building a lot on, on what used to be floodplains. You know, they're building a lot on land that, you know, they're, think about all the trucks of, of fill and material that most of these sites are bringing in to elevate themselves on a piece of land that used to be where runoff went and where it collected. Now it's, uh, you know, now it's a, a shopping center or something. You're eliminating all that area for it to collect, and it's going to areas where it never has before. We've, yeah, we've well, seen that, it just in my town. That gym we're building, that's, we're under a one-acre disturbance. And we brought 200 truckloads of fill in to bring it up to grade. There you go. So yeah. you're exactly right. Yeah, it's. Uh, I know in my town that's the biggest problem is the development of the town in the last 15 to 20 years has filled in a lot of the the what would have been marshy areas and stuff like that. They've built on where areas. Yeah, where all that water used to go, you know, and make its way to the streams. There's nowhere for it to go now, and the 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 existing catch basins and stormwater systems are not able to keep up with the, you know, you get four inches of rain in 10 hours. You know, nothing's keeping up with that. And there's nowhere well, we for it to go. We don't start getting snow soon and all this rain. I'm going to stay down here and I'm going to start combing the beaches for the garbage every morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How long are you down there for? 
uh, I'm down for, well, I was going to be here for a week, but now I'm seeing all that rain next week. I might extend my trip. And then I'm back down. Uh, I'm over on the other coast in, uh, I'm over in Naples at the beginning of January. And then I'll come back over here to the East Coast for a couple of days. So I like I like spending my time down here. Yeah. We'll see you in I'm a couple, couple weeks. Couple <laughs> <months>. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out on Florida. Disney, <laughs> Disney okay, but that's it. If I see a storm, I'll just catch, you know, I'll just book a flight. And if it's a big storm, you know, I mean, these guys, my team is, they're great. So, I mean, if there's anything under 12 inches, I'm not worried. You know, we get one of the big storms coming in, nor'easter, something, I'll hop a flight and go back up and help them out just to be there for them, whatever I can do to help them. Yep. Um, I kind of still let, you know, Frank run everything and come up with the plans. And, um, you know, Anthony's been doing a lot more of that this year. The two of them are, you know, Ant calls them Uncle Frank. Um, I've kind of let them run with it. I mean, they do such a good job together planning. And, you know, we always have our preseason stuff where we go over everything. But as the season goes on, I just try and let them. And then they call me if they need me. Um, yeah. You know, or, they, or they'll just call to bullshit and say, hey, you know, this is what we're thinking about doing. What do you think? And uh, I think you guys got it. Um, I'll see you later. Um, <laughs> now, Frank, would you say would you say he should stay in Florida for big storms? Is it easier without the boss man around during storms? <laughs> no, no. Not to put you on the spot. No, he's he's good when he's here. You know, I mean, like he said, he kind of lets us run with it. And if we need him, we, we give him a call and say, listen, we need you to run here and help them out or help these people yeah. out you know i mean he oh, kind of that's awesome he's the, flo- he's the floater you know yeah. i mean this year is the first year he's kind of since we took on so much more in in north jersey he's kind of staying down in north jersey <laughs> you know? if we get snow if we oh. get snow yeah yeah jersey doesn't get snow does do they according to sean i don't know well, we're, so we're a big difference than yeah we're north jersey we're up in the mountains oh. Sean, oh. you know he's about two hours south of us he's down right. by the shore yeah, yeah, he's literally like off the ocean. I yes. don't have a clue where anything is. Yeah, we're mountains up, you know. But it, it's crazy. I mean, we that first storm we had the six incher, it was good. We brought eighty percent, ninety percent of the crew in, and we doubled up on stuff. But it was just to get guys out, get guys comfortable. Guys, sure. we didn't need everybody, but it was like you know what? Me and Frank talked. Let's bring. He's like, let's bring everybody in, and yep. let's just let everybody start getting the feel of it. And new guys learning machines. Yep. Um, you know, and it's, it was Smart. a nice little training, um, training, and then our lots look good. So everybody else's were still at snow on them. We're double trucks or double machines in a parking lot now, and you know it looks yeah. good for us. That's smart. No, pretty nice. much every, what, every what they call it dry, not so dry run, Jeremy. Is that a not yeah, so dry yeah. run? <laughs> not so dry run. Yeah, we, that's oh, what we've, we've had. All of our snow this year has been, you know, one inch or less, and it's been shitty. But you know, I try to get all these new guys. I'll try to get them. You know, trained in with, with, you know, I guess it makes good training, I guess. But yeah, I love though watching your stuff because you, you know, five, six, seven loaders in one parking lot and you guys are banging these things. Our stuff is so spread out that we can't do that. Um, We might be able to do it with trucks, put three or four trucks in a lot, you know, and help them. We have the dedicated machines to the lots. Um, But you know that that's pretty cool watching those those guys gang up together. Or, you know, it's just yeah. six loaders rolling out and it's done, clean. Yeah, yeah. We, it's impressive. It, Makes for good back, uh, reels. Oh, a few years back was like it was fucking cold, like 30, 40 below. Or I wasn't taking any equipment out, and it was we just had blowing and stuff. So we just took pickups out, and we had I think we had seven wide pickups going down there. That was that was pretty cool. 
That's awesome. Yeah. That takes some, you... uh, that takes some uh, steady hands there. You don't want a lot yeah. of mirrors. <laughs> what do you guys cut your fuel with when it gets that cold? Uh, we, we get it pre-treated from our dealer here. Our, okay. It's like an Arctic blend, they call it. So okay. we'll, we'll also put some 911 or whatever, some house or whatever. In it yeah, we use the house. And yeah. I, but like my father's old school, you know, when I was growing up, it's, oh, you got to cut this with kerosene. Like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never yep. done that. But he silver bullet. He don't fucking. He just runs number two. I don't know how he gets away with it, but fuck. He's like, I'm not putting that shit in mine. So. This stuff's in the garage, right? That nine one one. We stopped using it. It uh, yeah. it eats the tanks of the Fords. The Fords are lined their tanks, and it eats that stuff up and clogs them filters up instantly. We huh. switched to house. We have not had. We call it the honey juice. Yep. It looks like honey, and, and I mean that stuff really works. That if you we buy it by the case, they yep. give you a free tow if you do gel up. Oh really? So I said, you know what? That's worth the, the cost right there. One tow, you're buying a case. Yep. Yeah, house yeah. is good. Uh, Stanadine, I think, is the other one that's uh, that's I really good. Yeah. It, that's a very good one. That uh, that had a better lubricity rating than house. Uh, okay. So we, we we tried that. Uh, there's actually a YouTube video. You can, if you pull up like, um, I guess anti-gel diesel products. There's a guy on there that takes like all six products: diesel 911, house, uh, Stanadine, a couple others, and he puts them through a series of tests. And you can actually see like, okay, here's what it does to the fuel. He puts them all in the freezer. He adds, you know, he has six beakers full of diesel. He puts a couple drops of each one in in each beaker. Puts them in the freezer for 12 hours and you see the you see the results of what one can do versus the others then he'll run them ultra hot on a bearing um with the fuel going through it and see which one burns the bearing which ones don't like which ones add lubricity and stuff it, it was actually really good it's That's on youtube really cool. yeah you can yeah just youtube like uh anti-gel products uh and uh it'll come up as one of the videos he does like a six-way test probably a year or two ago cold. what's that, that cold not getting that cold this year i don't think so no, I mean, you maybe not here, not here. I mean, if we get to single digits for an extended period of time, that would be considered a really cold spell here. We don't get below zero anymore. Maybe with the wind chill. We still get zero. Last Christmas, it was it was zero five below. Um, really? Up here on the mountain. Now, not down in Jersey, but up on the mountain. We were five below for over a week. Yeah, I haven't seen the donut, as Jeremy and Fargo calls it, in, uh, in a long time. In, in the Hudson Valley, the what below the donut is that what is that? Doesn't fish yeah. have a bunch of landfills over there? You get the heat radiating out of the ground, so it keeps no. all that. <laughs> nope. No fish kill landfills. No, nope. no, not at all. Oh man, so you know what? Let's do uh, take a little break, let you guys get some water. We'll uh hear from Hilltip and Plow right, and we'll be right back with you guys. Make your business more profitable with Hilltip spreaders and sprayers equipped with our H track two way GPRS tracking and control system. To learn more, visit www.hilltipna.com. Take on winter's worst with the world's best, Hilltip. Guys, if you followed the show lately, you've heard us mention the Plowright snow stakes. Well, now that I've tried them, I have to say I'm a huge fan. Installing traditional snow stakes is time-consuming, expensive, and if you're using fiberglass, just downright dangerous due to the splinters. That's where the Plowright marking stake system comes in. Their patented installation tool can install up to 450 stakes per hour. The stakes are made of hollow polypropylene, which will not crack, break, or splinter. They have three different size options from 26 to 46 inches, come in five standard colors, orange, green, blue, red, and hot pink. 
Best of all, everything is 100% made in the USA. Log on to plow-right.com and order yours today. Be sure to use the promo code SNOWJOBS at checkout to save 10% off your order. <coughs> all right, we're back. So, guys, anything else? Anybody got any big Christmas plans? Frank, Ant, you guys got anything you're doing? Just spending time with my kids. There you go. That's what it's all about. Kids, Frank. You got some young little girls, right, Frank? Yeah, I got uh, I got seven kids all together. Whoa! So they they all range. The oldest one's thirteen. The youngest one is just turned three. Wow! Oh, you're busy, <laughs> busy man. Snip, Good snip. for you. Snip, yeah, snip. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, what about you, Aunt? You doing anything? Uh, we have a family tradition. We make homemade raviolis because we're all very Italian. So, like, we'll do that. No, you guys are Italian. <laughs> Shit. No, I never would have guessed that. Yeah. I, but um, yeah, we tend to do that. That's always a good time. You know, hand making the dough, doing the filling. That's always something I always look forward to, especially bringing it back to the guys as kind of like, hey guys, this is my little appreciation to you guys. Here you go. Like, and oh, everybody, awesome. it's always positive feedback. So that's always really good. That's all awesome. about the new one you're doing this year. Oh, so this year we're going to change it up a little bit. And we're going to try to add some uh, ground up veal into it because usually we only do cheese. And this year yep. we're going to try to switch it up. So nice. we'll see how that comes out. Yep. Right. Who makes the sauce? <laughs> Never. Grandma. You don't grandma mess with grandma's sauce? sauce. That's like a sacred rule. That is an Italian rule. You do not mess with grandma's sauce. Uh, and that recipe is probably 200 years old, right? What's up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, you bring the girlfriend this year, right, to make ravioli? Yes. Yes. Oh, big step. Oh, boy. Big yes. step. <laughs> when, when grandma lets a, another female that not from the family yeah. in the kitchen, uh, that's that's big. You must have must uh, agree with her then, huh? Well, let me give you a tip, Aunt. Don't let her ask grandma for any recipes. Right. Italian grandmothers have a habit if they're asked for recipes and they feel like they really should give them out, but they really don't want to, they will change one key ingredient. <laughs> that is true. That actually happens. All right. So tell her she's Aunt's good got, as long as she doesn't ask for ask for recipes. And should have been in the culinary industry because he this boy can cook. I mean, he does all sorts of his own. He's like, Why go to Chipotle? Just come here. I'll make you the whole thing. You know, awesome. I mean he's for his age, I mean, he can really cook, and I think Grandma's got him a box with uh, the recipes that'll be handed down to him. Nice, mm-hmm. that's, that's gold. Good for you. What about you, Anthony? What are you doing in Florida? You going to Sea World? Uh, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to see the Cowboys play. I'm a big Cowboys fan, oh, yeah. so I'm going to go Christmas go. Eve. Um, my parents are down here. Um, I have a lot of aunts and uncles that are down here. Um, that's cool. And, uh, yeah, so I just, it's first year down here and it's, it's weird being away from uh, little man there, but he's 18 now. So, and I, I asked him to come, but he, you know, he's got to stay home with mom and, and grandma and, uh, make the raviolis. And, you know, when I get home, I have some food to eat. Um, and uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna spend some time down here and, and relax. I got a couple estimates for the new company down here. I'm doing, um, got some friends I'm going to see, um, one of, one of them might be uh, one of your uh, next podcasts. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. might stop right. to see him um, and uh, just just hang out, you know, and just enjoy a little bit while it's not snowing. Like I said, I got a good crew up there, so it, it lets me be able to get down here and 
you know, work on the new business down here, uh, spend time with the family, be warm. Um, and that's it. You know, it's, um, it's just weird. Seeing Christmas lights on palm trees is just weird. <laughs> I agree. It doesn't do weird from the Northeast. You're used to snow, you know, uh, you're used to pine trees, uh, yep. the mountains. And, um, so, but it's going to be interesting. You know, I'll probably do, a. I'll probably do a nice walk or run on the beach Christmas morning, get my cardio in and just um, enjoy the uh, enjoy it down here and then watch my Cowboys go kick some ass. There you, there you go. go. At least you got grass down there. Like what I couldn't get used to from my wife's home state of Arizona was the gravel lawns that I was like, this does not work for me at all, but they can't have lawns. They, I've <laughs> been to Arizona lawns. once and I'll never go back. Yeah. I actually enjoyed it um, only because if you're in the Phoenix in the Valley, uh, the Northeast is only an hour and a half away. If you drive up to Flagstaff, it's like driving in back up into the, like Vermont or, or upstate New York. There's all pine trees and mountains. It's colder. It has snow, you know, six months a year, there's snow up there. So anytime I got like, I can't, I can't be here. This place is awful. And I'm tired of a hundred degree temperature. You drive an hour and a half to the North to flag. And it's uh, it's a little bit like home. I got a good story for you. We did a uh, we rented an RV, and we did a cross country trip. Me, Anthony, um, Grandma, the dog, Mom, um, and we went out to Arizona. July fourth, we stayed in Flagstaff, and it was about 85, 90 degrees, and there was still snow on the top of the mountain oh, right yeah. above us. And then we went down into the valley. And it was 115 degrees. I couldn't yeah. breathe. I couldn't be outside. And I'm like, I'm never coming back here. It's too hot. And everybody goes, oh, it's a dry heat. Dry and I go, heat, yeah. 115 in an oven is 115 in an oven. I don't care if you spray it with water. I don't care what you It's 115 degrees. No, thank you. Yeah, it yeah. definitely took a couple of weeks. I said the same thing. It took about two weeks to acclimate. And yeah. then, then the 110 degrees, it's still hot as hell. But it doesn't it didn't help. feel so ridiculous. It didn't help either going in the middle of July. You know, we had to yeah, go when no, he, was, he went for the whole summer, did the cross-country thing, and it had to do it when he was out of school. Um, yeah. But we got to see, you know, a lot of the country, and that was that was a really, you know, that was a life, once-in-a-lifetime trip I got to do with him. Um, Very cool. And we like to fish, so we made sure wherever we stopped and we were camping, there was water. That's nice. awesome. Cool. Uh, what, what are you guys you, doing? Jay? Uh, I don't know, honestly. I'm kind of up in the air at this moment, whether I'm going to be working or whether I'm going to be home. So we'll have to have to see how that plays out. What about you, Jay? Uh, just going to my sister's. Lives out of town at a farm. And family's out there. Just hang out there nice. like we do every Christmas Eve and do that whole day of eating and bullshitting, I guess. And, there you go. And uh, no yeah. snow. There's no snow no. in the forecast. No, nah, there's not rain or possible snow but it's oh, just gonna be rain, so. that's awful yeah all right so. guys well anybody got anything else i don't think so hey i just want to give what? a shout out to you two for what you guys are doing for the snow industry um you're bringing a lot of awareness um a lot of good topics you're you're getting the names of the 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 guys doing the work their name out there um and then you're you're kind of setting the bar you know, and guys are leveling up now because of you guys. Um, so I appreciate what you guys are doing for the industry. I want to say thank you. Merry Christmas. Uh, Happy New Year. Yeah. Uh, all that good oh, no stuff. Problem. 
appreciate it. Well, well, thank no you guys problem. for all listening and uh, coming on to these shows, making these shows what they are. And it's just uh, that's a fun industry, honestly. Everybody's been really great for the most part. So it's all yeah. everybody's great. And I love meeting all you guys and you know hanging out and I just get more friends. That's what life's about. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, we appreciate you guys having us back on, you know, and oh, no letting, the crew, letting the crew come on here to fill in here. Um, yeah, I'm glad they were great. available. Yeah, great. Yeah, because we, uh, we, we originally, we were supposed to also have Billy Moore with us, but Billy uh, could not make it. So, uh, you know, we do have a sound bite for Billy. How'd that sound? So long, gay boys. <laughs> <laughs> So Billy, that we wish you a Merry really Christmas perfect. too. Oh, yeah. We we wish Billy a Merry Christmas too, and uh, to everybody out there in uh, Snow Jobs Nation, you know, Merry Christmas to all of you and all your families, and uh, you know, thank you, Anthony, for that. That was nice, and uh, we love doing it. And I, I think you hit it right on the head. Is we were all about just education. Like we, I know I do. I can't speak for Jeremy. I know he does, but I learn something every episode from somebody we have on and that was all like you go listen to the first episode we said that in the very first episode all we want to do is basically get somebody on that's in the snow industry boots on the ground hear their hear their story hear about their business how they do it and let's all try and if we get one thing out of that hour that we can take for our own companies and adapt it and use it successfully it's a win that hour is a win so, I mean, I, I think, like Jeremy said, the, the best part, though, has been talking to everybody and meeting everybody because everybody's been awesome. And uh, we've had a great time doing it. And uh, we're almost up on a year. Wow, congratulations. Uh, January 31st, I think, will be a year. I think we dropped the first episode January 31st. Are you guys going to do, like, a reunion show or a special show for the, the anniversary? I, I think we said we have to do video. For the anniversary we'll have Ooh. to do a video we'll actually have to do it so because the guys that come on here say half the time the funniest parts are our facial expressions so like the listeners you know they laugh but if they can't see the face our faces when we're doing it i guess it takes something away from it so we'll we're gonna start doing some video here and there i think and we'll see how that goes that's awesome that's not like people i don't know people watch it much but we can maybe put clips on on instagram or whatever you know yeah like yeah, it's good for promotional purposes, stuff yeah. like that. But, yeah, the the show is all you guys. I mean, yep. you guys, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. You know, we appreciate, uh, you know, meeting up with you guys at Equip and watching the uh, competition. I thought you guys got robbed. I thought you, I thought you won that. <laughs> uh, you know, the, I thought you guys yeah, did a phenomenal it. job. There was a way too much sweat going on there for me. I was like, nope, I'm, I'm out on this. These guys are you know, it was way a, too hard. It was hard. just a good time and, and, and the networking. You know, you were just saying you learned something every show. I remember 20 years ago, you drive around and, you you know, your competition would look the other way. You wouldn't network. You would. Now we're all getting better because of communication, social right. media, the podcast, being able to meet guys from all around. You know, how guys are doing it up in, in Maine, Massachusetts, Fargo. Um, you know, you, you might have to find a guy out in, uh, in Flagstaff now, you know, just yeah. to see how they do it. You know, um, I think it's, I think you hit the nail on the head though, Anthony. I think it's a generational thing. I think 20, 30 years ago, guys were a lot more secretive about what they did. They didn't want oh, yeah. to share as much. Social media has made guys want to share. They want to show their equipment. They want to show how they're doing it. And a lot of them don't mind answering questions as long as nobody, nobody should be talking numbers anyway in the same market because everybody's numbers are going to be different. So outside of that, how we do what we do, I don't see that what the big fucking secret is. 
So the overhead should dictate your pricing. There you go. You, you know, um, because a guy with one truck, very low insurance, you know, uh, can do it a lot cheaper than a guy like Jeremy with, you know, however many hundred loaders he has, um, you know, and state-of-the-art plows on the front. You know, yes. it, the numbers are going to be different. Um, so you're right. You don't talk, but, but if we can learn how to be more productive, if we can learn about better tools to get our job done, um, you know, that's the win. Uh, but what know. we want to do and what I especially want to do, I don't want to speak for Jeremy, but what I want to do is, like you just said, that guy with one truck, low insurance. I don't want him out of the game. In fact, I that's the future. I want those guys. Everybody starts somewhere. I want those guys in, but I want those guys also to know that when they're bidding on a, say, shopping plaza with two or three other established companies that are going to have higher overhead and are going to do it differently, I want that guy to know what he can get. Be in the same ballpark as the right. other three guys pricing. Because that's just how he's going to grow. costs are lower. Yeah, exactly. You can still be lower, but just be in the ballpark. Don't be 70% lower because that drives that price of that contract down. And it probably took 20 years to get it up to where it should have been. And now you come in and you underbid that so much. It's not going to go back. It's not just going to jump $70,000 in one year back up to 100000 You right. know, if you bid thirty, So we you're setting about, the whole industry back. We talked about it on the first show I did with you yeah. guys. There's a guy in my, in my area. We were on 150000 We were within $1,000 of each other. That's how this should be. That, exactly. Not a guy fifty thousand dollars less than you right. for the yeah. same, you know. And if we can get those numbers all within a 10, 15 percent, that's a win. Yeah. 100%. So, oh, yeah. You know, 100%. And, I mean, the technology. I can't wait to see the technology. Like I said before, when, when Anthony's my age, what what are they gonna be pushing snow with? Um, you know, not only from their home, but like what's the plows or what are the plows gonna look like? What are the machines gonna look like? Um it, my robot's going to be, gonna be really doing cool. My robot's <laughs> going to be plowing it. Robot and a shovel. <laughs> Go take yeah. care of business. Uh, all right, gang. Well, let's. Merry uh, Christmas, guys. Let, yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to everybody. Everyone. Let's let everybody get to their families now. And uh, that's going to be a wrap for episode 47 there. So I uh, want to thank Robert for giving it a shot. Sorry he was having computer problems. And uh, also to the gang from Anthony Group for coming on with us and doing our Christmas episode. You know, Merry Christmas to everybody you know from uh, me and jeremy uh, i hope you guys have a great holiday and uh that is it's no jobs nation we are out you guys have a great holiday season we'll see you next week keep pushing 